mine is moving. There we go. Okay. All right. Welcome, everybody, to a very, very special bonus episode of Nothing to Fear. My name is Billy Schultz, and for the first time in the show's run, I'm not joined by Luke and Alex. I actually have a very, very special guest joining me for this sort of companion episode to our Get Out episode, which came out yesterday, as you're listening to this, as we're recording this podcast. And I had a lot, a lot of thoughts about Get Out when we watched it, and I have been wanting to reach out to other people who have podcasts and who have a voice and who have ideas and talk to them about these movies a little bit more in depth from time to time. So this is the very first, you know, sort of deep dive with a special guest on an episode that I hope to make a more regular thing, but I could not be more pleased to have joining me through the magic of, you know, Discord voice call, <laughs> the fantastic and amazing Shannon McDill. Hello. Hello. Hi, Shannon. Hi. For those of you who don't know Shannon, she is a podcaster. She has her own podcast that she does with her wife. She's an Instagram talent. She's a TikTok rising superstar. She's <laughs> a f- fierce and passionate advocate for all things. She's a dear friend. She's a plant mom. She's a human mom and a dog mom too. I think I am. You have uh, you got a little dog. I, I I am though. She she doesn't look at me as if I am her owner at all whatsoever. <laughs> so she's pretty much Rachel's dog. So that's fine. That's fair. But yes, hello, Shannon. Thanks for joining me. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. That was a wonderful intro. You made me sound awesome. Well, you are awesome, so it was okay. pretty easy. I'm going to just turn my mic down a tiny bit because it's very loud. But yeah, I wanted to to chat to you about horror movies, and specifically, we just did an episode on Get Out. But before we get into that topic, I kind of want to hear what your relationship to the horror genre is as far as it's like impacted your life. Have you been too scared to watch horror movies have you you know watched lots what what's your what's your relationship my relationship is kind of i i'm one of those people that like i like horror movies but i also will watch horror movies in the daytime when it's light out and and try not to to let it linger with me but it usually does and it's never kept me up at night but i am one of those people that i'll look at the shadows and go what's everything good i'm gonna turn the light out nothing follow me up the stairs it's it's fine yeah, but yeah, I used to be I used to be a scaredy cat. I'm probably still a scaredy cat, but you know. Yes. It's okay. Well, you know, as as we like to say on Nothing to Fear, that daytime is safety. So I totally get watching horror movies in the daytime, and yeah, the feeling of watching a scary movie and then being like, I'm a fully grown human being. I'm not scared yeah. of anything. I'm still gonna run up the stairs as fast as I can in case something tries to grab me. Exactly. <laughs> like yeah. exactly, that's how it works. always run up the stairs always run up the stairs always try to like jump into your bed in case the the spooky hand grabs you so you're you're a self-professed sort of scaredy cat growing up did you have like those sleepovers where people would watch the horror movies and and the scary movies and freak you out did you did you grow up watching those or were you always too afraid to participate no i was never too afraid and i'm one of those people that like i i like the the thrill of being scared but you know, within my own control. So like, I'll watch this when I want to watch it. I didn't really have too much of that, like, you know, like my friend group going and, you know, watching scary movies. But when I was, especially when I was really little, like my older brother is eight years older than I am. So he would have his friends over and they'd be watching like, you know, Freddy Krueger or, you know, Jason or something like that. And I'd be like, mommy, you're scaring me. And, you know, she'd make them turn them off and then, you know, 
they would all hate me because I was the whiny little little sibling. So <laughs> ruined all the fun. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah, can't have any fun now. <laughs> yeah, my, I remember having a friend who he was definitely the the kid who watched everything and would take great delight in sharing stories on the playground the next day about what you know in the mid 90s it was all seemed like jason Voorhees sequels and and nightmares on elm street and would tell people all about it and it just freaked me out so much so (laughs) i was also uh, for for people who don't know but they should by now like i have also been a very big horror movie frady cat and just like wasn't ever interested in watching them until this year when i decided to get over that and you know start watching them but do you have like a favorite horror movie you've seen or one that like stuck with you that you really liked a lot Ah, uh, favorite horror movie. I mean, the one we're talking about today is good, but hmm, what, what would my favorite be? That's a good one. You know, I'm always one of those people that like, I like a lot of vampires and I do like to watch a lot of ghosts, things with ghosts, like The Others is a really good one that I, that's one of my favorite ones, but ghost, ghost stories and uh, usually get to me the most <laughs> because Ooh, yeah. you can't see, you can't see them coming. <laughs> zombies are scary but you know you can usually see them and even if they're not shambling and they're you know running zombies you can you can try to get away but ghosts you, they just pop up you don't know when they're coming that's true that's uh, yeah that's true i think I, I share that like the supernatural is the scariest genre, subgenre for me of of horror movies and uh, that's a good tip about the others that wasn't on our list for a future episode but i'm gonna put that on there because i do think that's I remember the conversation around that one as it came out was was really good, and I think the twist is is pretty interesting. If I if I am remembering it correctly, which I don't know, if uh, I am. I'm so sure, no spoilers. I'm sure, I'm sure you are, but no, don't don't spoil yourself. It's good. Okay, I won't. Have there been any horror movies that were like, ooh, I watched this once and I can't like never again. I will uh, I will die before I watch it. The Ring, The Ring. I know you. I know I, I know you just watched the the Japanese version. I've never watched that one. I have watched the American version, but. For some reason, like that came out when I was in like college and I just couldn't, I don't know what it was. Mm. I was just like, nope, no, thank you. No, no, because it's, <laughs> it's, it's coming out of the TV and I'm watching it on the TV and no, no, thank you. Not today. I, I remember I had a, a girlfriend way, way back when I was in early university and it was, <laughs> yeah, for me, ring, the ring came out, I think when I was in late high school, it was like 2002. And then I was dating this girl in college or in university, as as we like to phrase it up here, <laughs> that uh, she was telling me a story about when she watched The Ring. She like watched it and went to bed and it was really uh, freaky and something happened in the in the night where like a breaker got tripped or something or she forgot <laughs> to turn the TV off. And then so she woke up and the TV had gone to like a static channel because it was still like right at the very end of the, the time when you know, TVs would just sort of run out of TV and turn off, Yeah. you know? <laughs> and so she woke up at like two or three in the morning and there was just complete static on the screen. And just <laughs> like that, that freaked her out a lot. That is a horrifying. I had something similar happen again when I was in college and I was watching like a bootleg version uh, that I had downloaded of The Exorcist. And Ooh. The Exorcist was one of those movies that I kept trying to watch like over and over again for many years and like I would always catch in the middle or something like that. And so I'm like, I'm going to watch this all the way through. And just when they got to the part when Regan came down the stairs and peed on the floor when they were having the party, 
my computer got got a blue screen of death. Oh no! I was just like, I was like, oh, I shouldn't have downloaded this. <laughs> I was like, oh no! <laughs> I'm like, this movie's haunted. No, okay, never mind. And I, it took me years <laughs> to finally get around to watching it, but I did. But like, I was like, oh, <laughs> damn it! <laughs> yes, it's not meant to be. We're either we're, it was either a demon possession or the perils of downloading things from the internet early 2000s. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was not pr- practicing safe interneting back then. Both equally scary, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, we we we've all had stories from down downloading stuff from LimeWire and then being yeah. like, "Uh oh, my computer is just absolutely full of viruses." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh well, well, great. I'm I'm glad to talk to another like recovering Frady cat. I guess is the term we can use. And I am so enjoying like re or diving into this genre for the first time, not even rediscovering it because I was so like adamantly against it for such a long time growing up. But I'm so stoked to to chat and to, to find that there is like a lot of really good gems in the horror movie genre. And the that today's movie that we're talking about is absolutely no exception. It is like probably top of the pile in terms of storytelling and scripting and plot and twists and turns and so why don't you share with us if you want to of course i can't force you to do anything but if you if you want to share like how you came to the movie get out and what your experience was with watching it did you watch it when it was released like tell me all the things so get out is a very interesting and unique movie as far as horror movies go and it's one of those things it is you know it's made by jordan peele it's a black-centric horror film that very much deals with it from that perspective. And so I I am biracial, and it was something that when the movie came out, it was just kind of like, hey, if you're black, you need to watch this movie. (laughs) Like, like (laughs) you you have to watch this movie. It's like a requirement. And so I I didn't actually get around to seeing it when it was in the theater, but the second it was on TV, I'm like, I have to watch this movie. And yeah, it it's one of those things I don't, I don't know that I would con- like, consider it like scary in like the way a lot of like traditional horror movies are scary, but there's a more like insidious kind of like yeah, that's terrifying in a whole other deeper kind of way. And yeah, it's one of those things where like I I very rarely sit and talk about a horror movie like and really think about it and sit there and talk with somebody about it for afterwards. Usually it's like, "Oh, that was that was good. That was scary." Okay, moving on. What are we doing for dinner? <laughs> Yeah. And I watched it with my wife, Rachel, and it, it we sat there and talked about it for like probably a good hour afterwards. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I get it. Like that that movie, I watched it, I think, as of the time of this recording, I watched it about a week ago now. And I haven't mm-hmm. like I haven't stopped thinking about it since. So it is one that just like gets into your brain and is like, I live here now. You're going to think about me for the rest of your life. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, I, I, watched, I rewatched it the other day in preparation for this, and it had been a minute since I'd seen it, but it was, it, it's just as good. It's just as good. It, it holds up. It is, especially this year, it might be a little <laughs> more topical. It's not more relevant necessarily, but it's more topical. And I think that anybody with a brain should watch this movie. Yeah, uh, it seems like this, yeah, this movie came out in 2017, but with all the, the stuff that's been going down with like the Black Lives Matters movement this year and seeing all the activism and all the all the stuff that's going on online it was like oh get out is the 
is the, the movie of 2020, it seems, for me. And it was just, yeah, I kind of wish I had mustered up the courage to watch it when it came out so I could be part of the larger larger conversation back then. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm here now. So can you share, me, uh, share with me a little bit more about, like, what some of the stuff you talked about with Rachel when you did watch it the first time or if you remember or recall any of those specific conversations? You know, and I, I, I will give Rachel credit. She is she's more woke than a lot of people that that I know who are not part of the, the black community. But, you know, there are things that as a person within the community, you kind of inherently understand, which can be difficult to explain and communicate to people. Mm. And so we spent a good time talking about just kind of the, I guess, the horror of black exploitation in America and the different levels and forms that that takes and the ways that it was communicated in this film in a multitude of different ways. And it's, you know, we've talked about this on our podcast too, just about like, you know, the kind of uncomfortableness of navigating through especially american society i mean i don't know how it is in like other places like you know, i don't know how it is in canada or you know the uk or in europe or but in in the u.s it's you're always kind of looking over your shoulder mm. and it's the one thing that I, I can i can communicate to compare it to when for people outside of that community if you're part of the lgbt community mm-hmm. especially if you're trans like i am Hello. And hi. Yeah. And it just that constant like questioning what people are thinking, questioning what people are doing, questioning what people mean, how they say things and kind of always being on guard and hyper aware of your surroundings. That it's that same feeling, but mm. in differing ways. Um, so we talked a lot about that. And, you know, I kind of, you know, we talked about my feelings as far as how this movie related to to those things. And she had a lot of questions and and it was it was a good conversation to to kind of get her to have a broader understanding a little bit of a deeper understanding of those feelings that are hard to try to communicate as 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 a black person in the US. Yeah, and I uh, I totally understand that it it would, you know, it's like an ephemeral thing. It must be an sorry, it must be like an ephemeral thing where you you know that something is weird and doesn't sit right, but you don't know how to put it into words. And so it it makes it really easy for people to, you know, gaslight you and to say, mm-hmm. oh, I didn't mean it that way or I didn't mean to say that or or no, you're taking it the wrong way. And we, you know, we talked a lot about this in our episode where, you know, Chris is having conversations with Dean at the start of the, the movie and it's like, okay, is this guy being weird? He's being weird for sure. But is he being weird because I'm black? Is he being weird because I'm Rose's boyfriend is he being weird because he's a weird rich doctor and he doesn't know how to talk to somebody who hasn't made you know less than five hundred thousand dollars in a year (laughs) like why is he a credit to luke for that joke but like why is he being strange and like that sort of uneasiness was really easy for the audience to see whether or not we understand what it's like to just sort of exist and and live as a as a black person which i absolutely do not know how to do and i never will but it was it was a really eye-opening i guess is the cliche way to put it but that you know cliches work for a reason (laughs) to just not like know what somebody's intent is and just know that it's like this is weird in a way that i can't really quantify exactly is unsettling yeah yeah and 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 it's i think the movie did a good job of 
not leaning so much into jump scares as opposed to just continually like establishing and then building up tension that you just couldn't quite get away from until the very very end of the movie yeah it was like having something like a a burr under your shirt that you couldn't get rid of that just kind of poked you and it was just like this is annoying and i and it's it's bothering me and i can't find it but sorry it sounded like i cut you off there no, no, no. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that's it exactly. And, the, you know, the weird thing, too, is I, I also related to this movie in a, 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 on a couple different levels because, as I said, I am biracial. So mm-hmm. I do have, you know, a history of kind of navigating between those two worlds that, you know, not necessarily, you know, rich doctors, but like between, <laughs> you know, dealing with the world as a person of color, but then also I, I am... As far as, you know, guests that you could have on the show who are black, I'm probably one of the lightest people you could ever find. But, you know, it's just the way the cookie crumbled. I am very white passing, though I don't like that term. But so, you know, there's always this awkward interaction of sometimes I'm in a white space. And how are people perceiving me over here? Are they perceiving me as a person of color? Are they perceiving or do they just think that I'm white? A lot of people just think I'm Puerto Rican because I just look like I have a deep tan. <laughs> you know, and then the same thing when I'm in black spaces, people are like, why, why, is, why, is, why is this white lady here? And, <laughs> you know, it's it, there's this awkwardness that is portrayed very well in the film that was very, very familiar to me. And, you know, I was watching it. It was one of the few films where I was like, yeah, that's it. That's 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 what it's like to just exist it's always kind of there's always a weird awkward level of like i don't know until i'm really comfortable with somebody i don't know how they're reading me what they're thinking what's going on mm-hmm. yeah and then of course the, in in the the universe of the movie it is all sinister all weird auctiony brain transplant mess which which takes <laughs> which like takes it to you know the the nth degree and and does it in such a such a great way i i found that jordan peele just like i mean this is preaching uh, not only to the choir but also back in time when everybody was like this movie was so great in 2017 and here i am in 2020 <laughs> being like hey everyone have you heard about get out this great movie it's like yeah like, you're we, the last person in the world who saw we this know movie, billy like, <laughs> where have you been <laughs> yeah i'm super late to the party yeah it's all right what you got here it's you know you're fashionably late it's fine yeah but yeah, I mean, you can be like a born again and, you know, it's like, well, guess what I just found out about and let everybody know because <laughs> some people true. haven't gotten to the party yet. So born again, horror fan. That's me. <laughs> yeah, there you go. See? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's funny. When I, when I was watching the film the first time, one of the things, though, like people were like, you have to watch this film, but they wouldn't tell you what happened. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> it's just like when kind of like finally got to the point of like, OK, yeah, they're they're like cutting people's heads open and swapping brains it was like i was like oh i did not see that coming i didn't know wh- what this was and up until that point when they explain the kind of sci-fi element of what they're doing mm-hmm. it's very much like are they are they just brainwashing people like what is what is going on and probably you know a sharper person probably would have figured out what was going on beforehand and going back and rewatching it i'm like yes okay clearly i can see why these people are acting weird and what's going on but it's very could be either way um, mm-hmm. when you're watching it the first time where it's it's unclear what the hell is going on and why these people are why all other black people in the movie are, are acting creepy and weird and not normal mm-hmm. and, and what and what the hell they're doing to them but it's yeah so it's 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 very it's it's frightening and it's 
and how realistic it is until it gets mm-hmm. to the point when it's just it goes that extra step into just fantasy. Not. Yeah. Well, yeah, because the whole all throughout you're kind of prepped for this like brainwashing thing, mm-hmm. and when there's that scene when they're having the very the silent bingo game slash auction it was very much like oh is this like a weird they're still doing slavery in some way but they're using brainwashing to like fly under the radar and get away with it and it's all things that are like really fantastical that you're like no it can't be this this is like too out there you're like brainwashing people to 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 make them like you know want to want to marry really old white ladies or something that's ridiculous and you know even like the character of rod who is uh, on the outside, he's the TSA agent. He's like, it's a sex, it's a sex slave thing, and that is like played for played for laughs and ridiculousness. And then Jordan Peele is like, no, no, it's one level past that. Yeah, <laughs> we're I actually lo- taking I love brains out. Oh yeah, Rod's great. But yeah, I like I I didn't see that twist coming, and I was like, okay, this movie is a hundred percent in my opinion. Yeah, it's, it's so good. <laughs> yeah and and it's and i'm so i'm so happy that this movie did do well because it kind of kickstarted jordan peele's horror career after the key and peele show where he went in this different direction where he's doing all this wide variety of a very interesting horror mm-hmm. which exists far beyond this movie and i'm just here for it everything he puts out i'm like yes jordan peele's putting on a new movie what's what, what is it it's it's very right. it's like he's like that, he's like he's like the new Hitchcock. It's very interesting what he's doing. And you're like, yes, this ticket money is already spent. Like I've yep. already bought in the future. I've already bought every ticket to a, a Jordan yeah. Peele movie. Yeah, that that me, that meme of Fry just here take my money. Yes, that's me. <laughs> yeah, please, please take, take my it. Money. Yeah, and I like I like that. I haven't seen the other the follow up one. I don't think it's like an actual like it's not in the same universe. I don't yeah. think I haven't seen us yet which i think we'll probably end up doing for the show at some point but i've heard that was also uh, an enjoyable yeah that's, enjoyable a, that's, film. A, that's and then, a different animal altogether but yeah it's it's interesting awesome but i'm not gonna spoil anything for you no thank you uh and <laughs> then he's doing the twilight zone right like he's do, he's done a reboot of the twilight zone yeah he did the reboot of the twilight zone and he also was the executive producer behind lovecraft country oh, which right. was that that show was insane <laughs> But, that show was insane. Yeah, but very, very much in the same. Like you can see his fingerprints all over the show. Like, oh yeah, okay, I see what you're mm-hmm. doing here. Yeah, absolutely. And just making you, as the watcher, uh, uncomfortable mm-hmm. a lot of the times. And speaking of Lovecraft Country specifically, the the scenes early on when they were just, you know, the scariest thing that was happening was them being chased by racist cops out of like a sundown county. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God, this is horrifying. I'm preaching to the choir again here, but like, I think it's important that us dumb whiteies <laughs> learn that. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's interesting. It's kind of an interesting compliment yet a subversion of like the horror genre, where a lot of what makes horror movies work is kind of playing on the anxiety of like white suburbia mm. and. Just kind of like taking that and flipping it on its head and going, yeah, but here's what all the black people are anxious about. And to some extent, like he threads a very good needle of not necessarily slipping into, although he did a little bit of that in Lovecraft Country, of slipping into like obsessing over black trauma. Mm. But that's kind of like, that's, that's the source of the anxiety. This is what we're afraid of. It's not necessarily ghosts and monsters and zombies, but like just the other people. 
and what are yeah. they going to do? Yeah, and I think that was very prevalent, especially in the early episodes of Lovecraft Country, and then also the the opening scene of Get Out, where it's Lakeith Stanfield's character, mm-hmm. Andre, I think yeah. his name was, and he's walking alone, and it's like a, par- not a parody, but a, a reimagining of the shots where how many horror movies have started with like a flustered and scared looking white woman walking alone somewhere or, you know, crime shows that show like a lady out jogging early morning and then smash cut. She, she winds up dead and just sort of having that be, you know, a black man in a, in an affluent neighborhood and be like, Oh yeah. Like this guy's scared to be here and worried and doesn't know what's really going to happen. And then like, gets kidnapped well and and the the first thing that i wrote down because I, I did i took some notes and the first thing that i wrote down when that mm-hmm. happened was he was on the phone i don't know who the hell he was talking to. They, they never explained that but he was on the phone and he said you know i'm in this neighborhood i'm sticking out like a sore thumb mm-hmm. and that's and that's kind of i'm like yeah that's it right there that's kind of the feeling of this entire movie is like yeah i feel very awkward i feel like i'm everybody's looking at me but to to that same point of like you know the kind of subversion of like you know the, the the woman like being hunted down in the beginning of the movie is i knew what this movie was from that opening scene because that scene very much and going back a couple of years having just having come out in 2017 was a lot closer mm-hmm. to the, this happening but it very much was referencing indirectly but very clearly referencing what happened to trayvon martin and mm-hmm. the yeah. second that i i saw saw what ha- was happening i was like yeah okay we're doing this kind of movie mm. and 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 that's and that's the kind of like that's the level of fear and what we're going to be working with in this film mm-hmm. and they just carried throughout you know until the end yeah super powerful m- movie to to interact with and i really i really like i have not stopped thinking about it since it came out, but you, you mentioned you, you took some notes yeah, yeah. while watching it the second time. Do you have anything else that kind of stood out for you that you want to you wanna touch on? Like, I, I really do want to hear what you have to say. Well, you know, the, the everything about this was, was very well thought out. Even just the just from, like, the musical choices, just picking, you know, Childish Gambino's music to kind of, if you are familiar with what Donald Glover talks about in his music, you know what it kind of... It, it will lead you into what this movie is going to be about in that same mm. way that the opening scene does. But the <laughs> the one thing that I have to confess, Shannon, I don't know too much about Childish Gambino's music or, or what Donald Glover does in his music. So do you, do you mind just like giving a little synopsis for anybody who hasn't, you know, uh, I, me who hasn't had a chance to listen to be perfectly honest. I'm not the best person to, cause I, I'm ve- a very passive listener of his, mm. but it's, it's very circular in that like, this movie references, you know, has Redbone in the beginning of the movie, references mm. that. And then, especially with the video for This Is America, he did the same thing in reference back to Get Out. And the that video references the sunken place and things that happened in this film. So it's it's very, it's weirdly interconnected that way. Mm. But the, the, the one thing that immediately jumped out in rewatching this was... The performative wokeness of people oh and yeah. even before you know they go on the trip you know and she's like yeah listen my dad's gonna be awkward and you know he's gonna be like you know i would vote for obama a third time if i could and there that was very it, it was very on point especially for this year 
I picked up on it the first time I watched, but this year, like, there's been a lot of that, especially with the protests that yeah. happened this year where, like, people are like, oh, I really support you. But then, like, you know, we'll turn around and be super insensitive in, in the next breath. And <laughs> yeah, it was it was just a lot of things like that where, like, it's there's a level to which if you don't have if you completely don't have any vocabulary whatsoever, don't have any understanding of what the black experience in America has been. It can come off as if if you're if you live in a bubble, it can come off as like, oh, why are they attacking white people and making white people the boogeyman? Mm. But if you are a black person in America, that's kind of what that is, unfortunately. And right, yeah, and it, and it was, I don't know, I'm kind of unorganized in my thoughts, but <laughs> it is early. <laughs> yeah, it is. But I have yet to have coffee. I've had one, but it was actually like two hours ago already. So oh no. <laughs> But, you know, and, and, and the one thing that, like, when they got the metaphor of the deer. Yeah. When, and it's and it's fair, you know, it's not subtle necessarily. But just, and I and I recognize, I'm like, okay, that's a comparison that he's making in this. But watching it again this time, having seen it already and knowing what happens and what they're doing to people, is when they hit the deer on the way up there and the deer is injured, can't move, is crying out. And like it's 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 dead. The deer is dead, but the deer is still there. Oh yeah. And okay. that occurred to me. And then when it was reinforced when it got to the end of the movie, and they were like, "Yeah, I mean, your party's still gonna be in there. Like you'll be aware of what's going on, but you can't move. You can't do anything." Oh, interesting. Yeah, and it was you know there was a lot of, a lot of little foreshadowing moments like that. You know, as <sighs> part of the black experience in America is mm-hmm. being being trapped and unable to have agency and being mm-hmm. unable to make your life what you will and and having everything about your experience what you're allowed to do how you are allowed to move through the world be controlled by other people and very much it can feel like at times that you're stuck and you mm-hmm. seem to get kind of heavy <laughs> But like that you're here, but you don't have free will. And the history of African-Americans in the United States has been a history of increasingly trying to liberate ourselves from the culture that is telling us what we can and cannot do and how we can and cannot be as people. Mm. And... So, I mean, that that kind of symbolism with the deer and what was actually happening in the plot of the movie really kind of jumped out to me, especially this time, as far as that feeling of I'm here, I'm watching what's going on, but how I'm able to move through the world is constantly being controlled by somebody else. Yeah, that's some powerful stuff, Shannon. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's 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 movies like on the one level it's like it's like it's like super deep and super intense in 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 that way but also like it's a delightfully like crazy movie (laughs) it really is (laughs) which is probably why i like rod so much because like you know yeah rod did a great job of cutting the tension yes but yeah he's like watching the movie like rod is legitimately like the black audience like there's there's this trope about like (laughs) In horror movies, like the black person's always the first one to die. Mm, yeah. in, in, in the black community, we're like, yeah, that's dumb. Why would why would you go up the stairs? Why did you go into that house? And so, like, yeah. his whole thing about like, I'm, I told you not to go in that house. It's like exactly, exactly. Why are you doing dumb shit? Like, it's 
<laughs> and it's I just I love that ending scene where <laughs> they're in the car getting away and he waits and you can see the like anguish play out in Rob's face of like am I gonna tell him no I'm not gonna say anything yeah, like, am I, I gonna and then eventually he's like I had to tell you like you shouldn't have gone in there <laughs> I told you so have you have you ever seen the, did you see the alternate ending I saw I did not see the alternate ending but I did actually watch a YouTube after where they talked about it and how yeah. there is a version where Chris gets arrested and he sees rod in in jail and is like well at least i stopped this one family and and they can't hurt anybody anymore but the you know the the camera pans out and it's like just row and a row of incarcerated black men you know just like it shows all the people that like even though yeah this this one family was stopped the the problem isn't stopped there's still people getting arrested and getting killed for no reason and yeah you stopped a tiny little piece but that's doesn't change how the 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 bigger problem in the world is and it's and i'm kind of of two minds about that because on the one hand like that the alternate ending is the more realistic Mm -hmm. result of there's that moment when the siren whoop whoops and there's uh flashing lights and he stands there with his hands up and it's just like okay this is the cops and you think it's the cops and then it turns out to be rod Mm -hmm. but in that moment it's like Okay, the ending of this movie is he's gonna get shot, right? Yeah, I I, I really thought that was gonna happen. <laughs> and it was super tense. And e- even if you take that way and go, okay, that well, okay, he didn't get shot, but mm. like no, like this looks bad. Like he's like no, he's gonna wind up in jail. Um, and on the one hand, like that's the more realistic outcome of this movie, and that would that one change makes this a completely different movie in that that would make it very much a this is a thought piece and you have to continue to think about this and the ending is going to be bad and it's there's just no that 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 feeling of like i'm trapped that i was talking about a second ago is like with the other with the alternate version it's that's the outcome there's no way out of it yeah he's still trapped and with with the other one it's like yeah no like rod is a doofy character and he's silly and the comic relief but it's like no, I'm there to support my friend, and together we are going to figure this out, and I'm going to take care of you, and you're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. But that also allows the audience to kind of go, okay. And like that tension that you had throughout the whole film with the theatrical ending, it's like, okay, let's cut that and let you walk out of the theater and breathe a little bit. But yeah, you still, even if we do that, you're still going to be thinking about this. Yeah, and I think you know the impulse to have like a quote unquote happy ending to this movie is you know wonderful you, yeah you want to have you, i think jordan peele is like yeah we need we need to break the tension here and ha- let people walk home and and be like oh that was a good movie hey wasn't it yeah and but then like as you think about it it's like what happens for chris after this like when he gets home and showers you know it's not like problem solved right <laughs> my cat is yelling at me oh it's the cat you know it's not like oh all the all the problems are, are magically solved. Everyone is happy, you know, go lucky. What what happens to Chris after the end of Get Out? We, we, we don't really know. And I guess we just sort of have to hope that, you know, he doesn't get, you know, wrongfully arrested or, you know, has this, these murders pinned on him or, mm-hmm. or like the fact that he's uncovered this brain cult. Like, you know, where, where can he go from here? Because, yeah, it looks bad. And when those those sirens flash on at the end of the movie 
you know, again, the trope of a horror movie when the, the, the cops arrive, that means your protagonist is safe. But, right. you know, we know that that's not the case when your protagonist is is a black man surrounded by a bunch of dead white people. Yeah. And it's, you know, it was almost like, you know, having that moment of like, okay, this is going to be bad because it's the cops. And now there's another thing to be afraid of, mm-hmm. which is a very real life fear. You know, I guess his analysis and and having the ending that he put in, in the theater was, yeah, but I'm going to let us have this. <laughs> we get to have a happy ending too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we, get, we get one. <laughs> and I mean, such as it is, I mean, yeah, poor Chris is going to be really messed up, but, <laughs> but, you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> but yeah. he got out like, and that's not, ah, ah, I just realized, yeah, he, <laughs> but you know, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, he had the normal horror movie ending of like, okay, I'm, 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 I'm the final girl in this movie and he, yeah. he made it out. <laughs> yeah. It, your, your point of, yeah, we get a happy ending too, as, as much as one as possible was, was it like just a good way to, to, you know, alleviate that movie going tension. And I think that the message you know, obviously the message in Get Out is super important and I love the fact that Jordan Peele is you know was a consummate entertainer and is like this is you know this is also a chance for people to go to the movies and have some fun and and like you know the the yeah, I think the feeling of going to the movies is one that I, I do miss a lot thanks to you know COVID but just like going to a theater and watching a movie with a big group of people is uh, just like on its own no matter what the movie is it's a wonderful experience and i think jordan peele knew that and was aware of that because he's you know he's a professional and a performer and he's like intelligent as all get out huh <laughs> but <laughs> yeah just just wrapping it up in a way that lets you have a little bit of release even though that's not the realistic you know outcome but yeah then you have to think okay we had we had a brain transplanting cult that let old white people live forever in black bodies so we're not really landing in realism towards the end here yeah well and the the crazy thing though as far as that aspect of the movie is that's so bizarre and so like out of left field crazy but you know how they were going about doing that and just going yes we're just going to take people's brains out and put them in black bodies Mm -hmm. is in insane and you know fantasy land but the sentiment of appropriating blackness is a very real thing and the medical horror aspect of it is a very real thing and you know watching it i was like oh so this is like referencing you know henrietta lex and the tuskegee Mm -hmm. experiment and like all these things that in black culture are just like, you don't necessarily talk about them every day, but they're just there and it's your, it's a constant worry, but doing it in such an outlandish way. I was thinking about this yesterday after I watched the movie and I was watching the news is even mm-hmm. like there's a large segment of the black populace in the U.S. right now that's like, I don't know about this vaccine for coronavirus. Um, mm, yeah. because there's just this distrust of the medical community because of what has happened and the centuries of exploit exploiting black bodies and thinking that they are something to be used rather than another person. Um, and wasn't there like a, a, a doctor, please correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't there like a doctor or a practice like way back where it was like, well, black people can't feel pain, so it's fine to operate on them without yeah. anesthetic. Yeah, yeah. That, that that was a that was a common thought there's there's still there's Jesus. it's st- actually still a problem in 
the medical field where med med students like oh well you know they don't need as much anesthetic right and and it's just insane it's just an insane thought but it's it's an it's completely insane but it just comes from you know very old racist stereotypes that you wouldn't even necessarily mm-hmm. think would be a thing but for some bonkers reason just persists and it yeah so it, it was it's a very real fear that was then kind of taken to like the next level of just absurdity in the same way that any other horror film would be like is playing off of very real fears but doing it in like silly crazy never gonna actually happen we hope kind of way yeah absolutely and you mentioned Henrietta Lacks and mm-hmm. the Tuskegee experiment. Do you do you mind just for our listeners kind of giving a couple broad strokes? Yeah, on either one or both of them. I, I've heard a lot more about Henrietta Lacks through podcasts in the last few years, but I I'm not as familiar as I probably should be on the Tuskegee. Yeah, stuff. I've heard that name before. So H- Henrietta Lacks, I could reference a really good. What was it? I remember Radio Lab did an awesome episode on them a few years ago. You know what? There's you're wrong about. There's a podcast I listened to called You're Wrong About that did uh, a couple episodes on the Tuskegee experiment. And it's, it's insane. And it's a lot of people think that it was like, oh, they were giving black men in the South, uh, they were injecting them with syphilis to see what would happen. What it was, was they, oh. they started an experiment to try to see what the effects of syphilis, untreated syphilis were, was so that they could develop treatments. And what wound up happening was this experiment continued from like the like late 20s early 30s to like the late 70s where they were giving people placebos they were telling telling people you know they had bad blood whatever that meant but they weren't like saying oh yes you have syphilis so that they could see what untreated syphilis was in it wasn't even necessarily like the you know in in black men but just like what it what it did to a person oh geez and at, at a certain point it was kind of it made no sense to continue the project because legitimately there was a cure for syphilis. So it's right. like, yeah, if you ha- have syphilis and you don't get treated, yes, we've known forever because there wasn't a cure for syphilis. You, you, it's bad. But like, yeah, but now we, we don't need to do an experiment on what happens to people when they get syphilis because we've seen it. Yeah. Right. Like, OK, sure. Mm. Like what happens when you churn cream into butter? You, you have butter. Like, OK. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But like. It's it, it's made no sense, but it just mm. it started with like a couple of people and like it was an experiment that should have ended, but then they just kept doing it anyway. And it just like Jeez. it's it, it was crazy. And what was the name of that podcast again? You're wrong about. Oh, you're wrong about. OK, it's a really good podcast. And they talk about lots of different things that you, you, you think you understand what an event or a news story was. Mm. And then they actually do a deep dive into the actual history. And it's like, yeah you had these misconceptions and it's not like that at all. And yeah, that's, that's just like one of my favorite podcasts. I listen, I listen to you. I listen to a couple other ones. I listen to that <laughs> one. You. I listen to my own podcast for quality control, but, <laughs> but yeah, no, that, so that, that's, a, that's a good one. If you, if you really want to l- learn about the, what happened with that, I did a, They did a couple episodes. It R- says, uh, I'm looking at it right now. There's episode 98 and 99 are Tuskegee syphilis study part one and two. Yeah. The lie. And then the truth. Yeah. Cool. You're wrong about. It. Well, consider me subscribed. Yeah, it's it's good. And then Henrietta Lacks is get, getting a lot more coverage these days for mm-hmm. whatever reason. It's you know people are talking about about her more. But it was literally a situation where like this woman had her a sample of her 
her tissue. I forget if it was her blood or which is bad. I should actually know. But had a sample of tissue removed from her. She had some ca- uh, cancer cells. Yeah. First, I'm looking at Wikipedia right now, our favorite website, wikipedia.org. First, imme- first immortalized human cell line. Right. And most one of the most important cell lines in medical research. Yeah, but taken without her consent. Right. From that, so many treatments and medical therapies and cures have been developed, and people have made billions of dollars mm-hmm. developing medical treatments based on these stolen this stolen sample from this woman mm-hmm. and, th- and those are just a couple of examples and there's there's just uh, you, you could do a whole other independent podcast series about just the medical community and like the crazy things that have happened to black people but it's so i mean it's for the purposes of this movie it's like oh okay let's you know there's a series of things that kind of tick off not tick off but you can you kind of like check off as like being frightening if you are a black person in america and we're going to take a good chunk of those string them together into this bonkers crazy narrative (laughs) but make like a really good thoughtful movie that addresses those things references those things but at the same time is a horror film in the same way that other horror films work in the white community but for us Mm. but also has just as a film is good and scary for everybody yeah i i totally agree and i am so glad that you agreed to come and chat to me about this shannon and just have a conversation a a little bit more about it and we're kind of at the hour mark which i feel like is is probably a good point to wrap up unless you have any sort of last things you wanted to talk about like your experience with the movie or a point in the movie that that you felt like we didn't cover yet no nope. um, otherwise we can yeah it, okay at, at this point i'll just i'll just want rambling on for forever so so yeah well your rambles are delightful <laughs> as is your podcast so why don't we take our patented two-wheel stand-up broom and segue into your plugs and what, what where can people find you and listen to you and, and, and see you and do all the things. Sure. You can find my personal stuff. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok under SP McDill, just my first two initials and my last name. It's different on YouTube, but if you, you type in Shannon McDill, it's I'm the one with the curly hair and trans stuff everywhere. So that's me. <laughs> and as you said earlier, my wife and I also co-host a podcast about our lives and dealing with transition and having a kid and being married um, called our life in transition and you can find that in most places as olit pod o-l-i-t-p-o-d and yeah so we're we're doing we're doing a, a series of, of christmas episodes right now so yes this episode this little mini episode i'm gonna put out for the 29th so one day after the episode on get out will have aired so you will have your christmas episode but you also have like a special one that you were recording yesterday? I am. I am I am working on a I'm not quite done recording it because it's it's long. It's long. <laughs> but I'm I'm <laughs> I'm doing a one woman reading of a Christmas carol. And not sure exactly when I'm gonna get it edited and out out, but you know, it'll be out before Christmas. So by the time you listen mm-hmm. to this, it should be up and about and I'm going to try to do it in a couple different places. So if you go wanna just listen to it, I'm gonna try to have it on our podcast as a special episode but also if you go on youtube our youtube is our life in transition there'll be a version there too and might be able to get it up on instagram also but go find our socials i'll i'll post about it awesome well that's 
Yeah, that's so cool. And you also do a Patreon for Olit, Our Life in Transition? We do. We have a Patreon. If you go to our website, olitpod.com, there you can links to our all of our socials and our Patreon is there as well. And yeah, we would love to, to have more patrons so we can keep recording stuff and doing doing crazy stuff online because that's, you know, that's what I like to do. Mm-hmm. Happy to be a Patreon supporter, Shannon. Happy, I will say. Well, thank you. Of course. Well, that will probably bring it up for this turning out to be not so mini, mini-sode <laughs> of the pod. <laughs> Sorry. But... <laughs> no, no, that's all right. I will, I, I'd love to do this maybe, maybe once a month. So with some other uh, side guests who are interested in, in horror in general. And if you ever want to like talk about anything else, Shannon, like hit me up, I will have you on the, I'll have you on as a special guest any damn time. That sounds all, fantastic. But... If if you want to, you know, make sure you're following Nothing to Fear podcast. We have episodes every Monday and mm. occasionally we do like fun bonus episodes. But Monday is the main pod, a new a new horror movie every single week with my hosts, my co-hosts, Alex and Luke. And it's a good fun time over there. So we'd love to have people. I mean, if you're listening to this, I don't need to plug it to <laughs> listeners. You, you already do. Well, tell your but friends because this show's awesome. Tell your friends. Oh, thank you so much. And your show is awesome. Well, thank you. And thank you for tuning in. And Shannon, once again, thank you very much for your time. Go follow Shannon on all the things. Everybody, go listen to Fin Transition. What is that like? Bi-weekly? Every week? Or? It, we try to do it bi-weekly. Some, sometimes we, we skip a week here or there, but it's, it's more or less bi-weekly. Yeah. Yeah. And so you, I realize we didn't really talk too much about what that show is, but one more time, like what you just kind of talk about your life yeah. in transition. Yeah. Basically, I mean, that's the, the title says it all. Just, you know, my... You know, our life with me, you know, transitioning and marriage and our crazy, insane daughter that we're trying to keep from <laughs> from breaking things all the time because she's three and full of energy. And I wish I had some of it. Yeah, I like I think the intro to your podcast is it all like when you were kids, you went to camp, <laughs> then you got married, yeah. then then we had a baby. Then I came out Yeah, <laughs> like you did it. Yeah. <laughs> thank thank you again, Shannon, for, for sitting down with me this morning and, and chatting to me and I look forward to chatting to you some more. Uh, Same here. Thanks for having me. Of course. And remember, folks, they're just movies. There's nothing to fear.